Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Come on. Oh, oh to on. their feet. We're not giving it up for Caleb and Christy. We're giving it up for Jesus. What has God done in your midst? He's done something good in this place. You're in a miracle. Can we give it up for him? Not us. Let's give it up to the one who provided this. Amen. Amen. Well, we are so ecstatic. We have so many people to thank to make today possible. Primarily, we want to thank an incredible team. We have an incredible team who has worked hourlessly, out so much, tirelessly. <laughs> hourlessly? Hourlessly. I just, I just made up a word. So Not at all. So they've worked so hard to get this place to where it's at. And we have all, actually the privilege of having our muralist who came from Las Vegas, who's originally from New York. Can we give it, for Ang- give it up for Evangeline Stott? Right up there in the front. First time that she gets to be a part of one of these services, one of these experiences. Hey, we have so much to thank God for, and we don't want you to be mistaken. He deserves all the praise. But we also want you to know that we are thankful for you because it is not because of the talents of a few, but because of the sacrifice of many that this church is where it's at and it's in the positions it's at and it's with aesthetic that it has. It's because all of you and all that you've provided. So give it up for yourselves. You know, in this season, an unprecedented season, uh, there has been so many things that we could have been discouraged about. Like Lauren had said, we could have been nervous about our financial position. We could have been nervous about the financial position of this nation. But in a time of what should be crisis, what has happened is that you have committed to being generous. You've allowed it to be your privilege. That's what we say. Generosity is our privilege. And you have given so much. And we also want to report to you this morning that in the middle of a pandemic, we were able to support Project Rescue. You heard about them a couple weeks ago. It's an organization that helps um, ladies and women and children who are in the sex trafficking industry all over the UK, Nigeria, Spain, um, India, they're, um, they're rescuing girls in brothels. And this pandemic actually released a lot of girls from where they were um, imprisoned. And now we're getting to, through our giving, we're getting to give them new life. And you guys all have committed to $16,000 to that organization. So give it up for yourselves. Thank Not you committed. For we gave $16,000 to Project Rescue. The check is in the mail on, their way, on its way to Project Rescue. So thank you for your giving. We love you guys. It's an amazing opportunity for us to pastor such a generous people. So, hey, we are, man, we're just thrilled. It's so incredible to see your faces uh, or your eyes this morning. Uh, but I was just so encouraged in the 9 a.m., the 11 a.m. Obviously, uh, we ran out of room at, on Thursday because registration, we had to limit it due to uh, the, gu- the guidelines of our government. And so we're hoping Sacramento will move to that next tier soon. Then we'll be able to push it to 200. And uh, we're just so excited to see everyone coming back in the house. How many of you just love worshiping the Lord together? I know I have loved it. But can I be honest with you about a few things? Uh, there's so much to be discouraged about right now. Like that's what I've seen. I actually, you know, looking around at the world, racial division a divided church and nation politically, a pandemic 
shutdowns, economic uncertainty, kids still doing distance learning. Some of you feel this pain. The Lakers winning the championship. There's so much to be discouraged about right now as a Sacramento Kings fan. But I was thinking about it, and uh, there really is. There's been a lot of discouraging things happening in these last seven months. But I felt like the Lord spoke to me and to Chrissy this last week. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you've been focused on the discouragement, but it's time for you and the church to dream. And so today, Chrissy and I want to speak a word to you entitled, Now is the Time to Dream. I believe God is wanting to release dreams in this place in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of a lot of us, and we're guilty, focusing on the discouraging things happening around us. The world doesn't need a discouraged church. The world needs a dreaming church, a church full of dreamers that are saying, the best is yet to come. It doesn't matter what we're walking through. We know God is doing something in the midst of this. And so I want to speak to you. We want to speak to you. And initially, you know, thinking about this moment in this world and, and the division, what feels like there isn't a lot to look forward to, I realize that what this world needs right now is hope. And what I've found is that hope isn't just something we can say like, let's have hope. We have to hope in something. Like hope is found in something. And in this church and in the church, we believe hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And so when the church is filled with people who are focused on the hope bringer and the hope giver, those people will carry that hope and they'll begin to dream of what God can do through them, through their lives and in this world. And so today we want to share with you, and I want to look at Acts chapter 2. We want to look at Acts chapter 2, but I want to go to Joel chapter 1 and, and chapter 2. You see, in Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches the first sermon in the history of the church. It's the day of Pentecost. Jesus has just ascended to heaven, and he tells them, wait on the Holy Spirit. They wait in an upper room. The Holy Spirit descends upon them. It says there's fires on the top of their head. They begin to speak in languages that they don't understand. And as they speak in those languages, they're actually declaring the praises of God. And they go out, and all these people are hearing them pre uh, speak in languages that they know they don't know. And then Peter stands up and preaches a sermon to a multitude, a crowd, and 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus on that day. But he starts that sermon by quoting from Joel chapter 2. And so I was thinking about it, and I went back and I began to study Joel 1 and Joel 2. You see, in Joel 1, the people of Israel have turned their back on God, which is pretty common for the people of Israel. They begin to worship other idols and other gods. They've even gone as far as to engage in child sacrifice. And they have become a, begun a, become a corrupt nation. And God has to get their attention and so he does something. He sends a pestilence. And he sends a pestilence of locusts. And the locusts devour every piece of crop, food, plant in the land. And we don't know exactly how many people died. But we know that historians estimate it was a, a few hundred thousand people that died. In the middle of this pestilence. And God reminds them and the people are discouraged and they're defeated and they're walking through the hardest time in their lives. And I think we can relate to this. And then God speaks through the prophet Joel and he says, listen, 
this is not the end. This is just one chapter in the story. And the prophet Joel says something, and Peter quotes it here in Acts chapter 2. So I want to read it. Here's what Peter says, and here's what Joel said. He quotes it verbatim. Acts 2, 17 and 18. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. You see, there may be storms. There may be a pandemic. There may be challenges. There may be discouragement. But we must remember that God has placed us here for a purpose. In a season of discouragement, the church needs to dream. And so my challenge to us today, our challenge is that we would stop focusing on the discouragement and we would begin dreaming. Are there any, any dreamers in the house? Some of you dreams have died. Dreams have, have gone dormant. Dreams feel paused. But God wanted to remind you as his people, we aren't a people of discouragement. We're a people of dreamers. We're a people of hope. And we believe that the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. So God dreams. We want to talk to you about what God dreams are all about. And it's through this scripture, Acts and Acts 2, 17 and 18. But first of all, God dreams, they come through the Spirit. If you're taking notes, don't forget what Pastor Sam said last week. If you have these notes with you when you get to heaven, it's your ticket into um, the gates, the pearly gates. So just present them to Peter and you'll be good, okay? Get it in your hearts, get it in your minds, get it in your pads, get it in your notebooks, in your devices. Okay, so God dreams, they come through the Spirit. It says in verse 17 that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. First of all, I want you guys to recognize that this word that Peter preached after Jesus has died, then he was resurrected, and then he ascended to heaven. So now Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, right? Um, now Peter's preaching this message, and he's saying that the prophet said that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And now was the time when Peter, Peter was speaking this, that he was pouring out his spirit. So that means for every single one of you that the spirit of God is being poured out on every single person in this room. He's, it's, this is now. This is what's happening right now. This isn't uh, like a fulfillment that's going to happen in the future. This is fulfillment happening from the moment that Peter repeated what Joel said. Over a thousand years before Peter spoke this, it was coming into fruition. And now here, a couple thousand years later, we are walking in the same word. The word is for us today. So today is the day to dream. Now is the day to dream because the spirit has come upon us. The spirit has come upon us. The moment you accept Jesus into your life and he's the Lord of your life, you accept that he has saved you, that you need him, that he has rescued you. It's the moment that the spirit dwells in you. He's in you right now. And I want you to also understand that God has designed us. He created us. He fashioned us together with a purpose. He has a destiny. So if the spirit is infused in us and God has these destinies and these purposes for us, we need to understand, we need to understand that he's doing something in his spirit in us. And I, what I think he's doing in our hearts is, you know, he, he knit us together. He wove us together, right? He, we're, we're created by him. So the spirit that has been poured into us is trying to 
bring up some of those dreams that some of you thought were dead. You know, God created you with certain giftings and talents, and, and, and he created you a certain way. There's certain ways that you think. There's certain ways that you are able to do things. There's a certain grace on your life because God created you that way, and he's now pouring his spirit out in us so that those things come to life. These dreams come through the Holy Spirit that's already woven in us. If your destiny is your God-given purpose, then the dreams that are inside of you are going to propel you to achieving that purpose. So God's doing something in our midst. And remember, he wove you, he knit you together specifically. And now the Spirit is calling up for you to be all that you are designed to be all that you are fashioned to be. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, right. These dreams are supposed to come, like, happen. Like, the the Spirit of God is in me now, and these dreams are going to happen. You're like, I don't have my dream relationship. I don't have my dream job. I don't have my dream community. I mean, I just came to this church for the first time. I don't have that dream community. And God's saying that, no, 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 There's the Spirit is on you to even help you through those hard times. The Spirit is going to give you the empowerment and the equipment to make it through the, through the hard seasons because you have some dreams that need to be fulfilled. And so he's going to empower you. He's going to strengthen you in these times where you're like, I don't see those dreams. I, I, they're not coming to pass. They're not happening. What, what in the world is my life right now? What are you talking about? Everyone's jazzed and excited in this place. But I, I, I'm thinking about my situation. And God's saying, stop thinking about your situation and start thinking about the spirit that lives and dwells inside of you and is going to help you fulfill those purposes. If you allow him, if you receive from him to empower you, to accomplish all that he has for you. Amen? So God dreams come through the spirit. Second, God dreams come through the next generation. You know, one of our core values here at Project Church is generations is our goal, that we believe in and empower the next generation. We had our youth pastor speak this last Sunday, and he was declaring a word over our generation, but also over the next generation, the students, the high schoolers, the children who are up above us right now. You know this, uh, I have a nine-year-old son, he's my oldest, and uh, I don't know where he got this, but he'll always ask me like, Dad, are you the best pastor? And he'll hear someone preaching on social media, or I'll be watching a sermon online, he'll see, you know, me listening to a clip, and he'll be like, Dad, are you a better pastor than him or her? And then he'll ask me, how big is their church? He literally like wants to know church sizes. And I say he got this from Chrissy, but uh, so messed up. But he's always asking me, like, wanting to know, like, where do we stand in the mix? And I've told him, like, look, man, like, I, I don't know if I'm the best pastor. I'm just trying to be a faithful pastor. And I've said before, and I've said it many times, I've told people in my life, like, look, I, I don't believe I'm the greatest teacher, preacher, pastor in the world. But one thing I will do is I'm going to outlast everybody else. I'm be faithful so long that I'm going to have more influence because I just didn't go anywhere. But my, my son, the other day, he was talking to me. He's like, Dad, this new building, I just got this feeling. He's like, I got this feeling that our church is about to get real big. I said, son, I received that in Jesus' name. Verse 17 says this, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
You see, that, I believe that was a prophecy. I said, I received that prophecy in Jesus' name. But one thing about prophecy, prophecy isn't just about telling the future. Prophecy is about encouraging the people. And so God, I believe, is going to begin to speak words into our sons and our daughters to encourage us. Some of you have been discouraged in this moment, and the only thing that's kept you encouraged is your children. Because they don't see the way we see. They're not cynical the way we're cynical. They're not slighted the way we get slighted. No, they walk with an innocence and a hope and a belief. And my kids, in seven months of this pandemic, they thought this was the greatest seven months of their lives. I was like, get them out of my house, Jesus. Come on. They're with me every day, all day long. And yet they're just encouraged. They're positive. They're speaking life. And I believe God is going to speak through this next generation to prophesy over us. We have to understand that God is birthing dreams. You know that. He's birthed dreams in you. But one thing I found is that the dreams that he births in us are not always completely fulfilled through us. Sometimes we start it, but it's fulfilled through our children or our children's children. That's why this building is so important. You see, we could have kept setting up and tearing down at the crest and setting up and tearing down at Stonegate Elementary. But we believe that God wanted us to plant roots, to be here for not just a good time, but a long time. To be here to say, we're not just here for this generation, but for the next generation and the next generation. There hasn't been a church in Old Sack in 100 years, but 100 years from now, Project Church, I believe, will still be here bringing influence to the heart of the city. You see, dreams may start with us, but they're often fulfilled through the next generation. And so we're setting this thing up, not just for us. So I know y'all are going to reap the benefits and the coffee shop's going to be open in a couple weeks and you're like, oh my goodness, let me get some of that. Let me get some caffeine. Uh, but, but guess what? This isn't just for us. This is for the next generation. I believe we're going to see God work in us, but greater things are still to be done. Greater things are still to come through the next generation that God is raising up here in our church. Amen. So God dreams they're going to come through the next generation. I just want to piggyback off of what he's saying. And our third point is God dreams come to the old and the young. You know, the definition of generation is not just a tier in you know, demographic or a certain age tier. Generation, the actual definition is everybody who is living all at the same time. So every single person in this room is a generation. I'm not talking about an old generation, young generation, and younger generation, baby generation. No, we all are in the same generation. 2020, this is the generation of 2020. And God's wanting to tell you that he's going to do something with the old and the new. You know, historically, I think in the church, a lot of us grew up in a, in a way, and maybe if you didn't grow up in a church, most um, traditions are just that you learn from the old. But I believe that there's going to be some young people who are upstairs in the kids' area right now that we're going to learn from. It's like the old teaching the new and the new teaching the old and then working together to bring God glory. The whole generation, the oldest and the youngest, the newborn in the beautiful nursery, they are going to give God glory. So as a generation, the old and the young 
are going to bring it about. And it says this in verse 17, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Listen, I can delineate this, break it down, extrapolate what visions and dreams mean. And, but what I want you to understand is that we have a God in heaven who pours out dreams and visions on us. And he's wanting to pour out dreams and visions on the youngest and the oldest. And all we have to do is be faithful with what he pours out on us. And I was saying it this morning, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that we might be overflowing in the power of the Spirit so that others can experience. We need to receive from heaven so we can pour out on all people and so that they can be confronted by the transformational power of the Holy Spirit, the transformational power of Jesus Christ. So there's going to be new things taking place here, the old and the new together, working the old and the young, excuse me, working together. And here's what I believe God showed me recently. I was praying for Laura. She was um, upstairs. She had a need. And so I had Heidi come. She's our kids director. And we started praying for her and there was a need for her. And so we're praying over her. But then I got down on my knees and we were walking around. So I got down on my knees and I'm, I'm praying with her. And what I recognize is that these two girls who are actually over 10 years younger than me. <laughs> I know you thought I was in my 20s, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> You can see the gray in this yeah, good light. You know what? You know what? The cameras are almost Showing too good. Through. All right. I'm just kidding. What I, what I experienced was I was on my knees, and I'm looking at those two ministering to one another, these girls just praying over one another, and I realized that God positioned me there to see them up above me, and he spoke to my heart, and he said, you're positioned at their feet because you're going to receive from their ministry. We're going to receive from the ministry of those who are coming next to us. But right now, they're going to receive from me too because I'm standing right here and you're standing right there. No, just kidding. But God is wanting to do something new. It's not going to look like the crest downtown. It's not going to look like Stonegate. And you're going to experience something new in this place because God has something brand new for us. There's going to be prophetic movement. There's going to be different worship in this place because everything is brand new. So just get ready. Church, get ready for what God has from us. And he's going to bring about it with the old and the young. Next, God dreams come with vision attached. You see, I love that here Joel speaks out and Peter repeats it, that your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. You see, a dream is great, but vision releases the clarity to see it come to pass, to see it come to fruition. Dreams and vision are a package deal. You cannot have one without the other, which is why we need each other. Because what I found is God gives certain people greater ability to dream. And he gives other people greater ability to have the vision to see those dreams come to pass. And that's why the church is more powerful when we're all walking together, releasing our gifts. Because each of you have a role to play, a part to play. And so whenever our people come to the church, and I've had, we've had people leave our church over the last seven years, and they'll come to me, and I've had people say like, man, I, I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not receiving what I need to receive. I've had people say this. I'm not being fed what I need to be fed. And I always start with, well, maybe it's not about what you're supposed to receive, but maybe it's about what you're supposed to give. Maybe you're so focused on receiving when God wants you here to release. And so when people 
leave or when people leave their small group or their community group or whatever, I always tell them, like, look, it's not just that you are missing out on something. It's that we are missing out on you. Like, we miss out when you aren't here. We miss out when the body of Christ isn't all walking in its God-given gifts. That's why we need all of us to rise up right now and say, I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. I'm a server. I, I have something to bring. And when we all rise up in those things, guess what? The church gets powerful. And the church unified is a powerful force for good in this world. The dream and the vision. My wife is a dreamer. And any of you that know her, I mean, every time we go to dinner, she's got five new dreams that we should do. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, girl. Like, I'm a realist. So I'm like, how are we going to do that? You know? And so where are my realists at? Come on, you're realists out there. Like, I don't see that happening. Nope. Some of you were like, church in Old Sack, that ain't going to happen. You know? <laughs> Here we are. But uh, I believe God's given me, I have the ability to have vision. And so us together, like, we're a dynamic duo, power couple for 12 years in Jesus' name. And so I just want to encourage you that you walk in who you are. You carry what God's placed in you. Why? Because when we bring it together, that's when great things happen. That's when things come to fruition. That's when power and prophecy and hope is released. And so... I love that God has given you some dreams in this place, but maybe you need to get with somebody that's a visionary. You need to surround yourself with some visionaries and say, I got this dream. I don't know how to do it, but God's going to bring people alongside of you. God is releasing right now in this room dreamers and visionaries to bring hope to this world. Amen. So God dreams come by, come with vision attached, but also God dreams come by grinding. Somebody say grinding. Grinding. I mean, every single person who raised their hand because you're a pragmatist and you're very logical and blah, 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 you're like, oh, my gosh, we're talking about dreams. How is this all going to get done? Yeah, right. And I'm just saying to you, yeah, we got to grind. We can't just be dreamers. You know, all those five dreams, maybe like one and a half of them came to fruition because there wasn't enough grind in me to get this done. But come on, we have some dreamers in here, but we've got to attach it to some grinding. We are called to be servants of the Most High God. Verse 18 says, even my male servants and female servants. The servants are the people who worked in the house of God, the ones who served in the house. How many people are here are serving? Are you serving? We actually are looking for some more um, team members to help facilitate these services because we see, we, see that we see a great need and not everybody's willing or ready to be back. So if you are willing and ready to be back, I want to encourage you to serve. This is your opportunity to serve. Servanthood is our calling. That's one of our core values. If servanthood is our calling, then you're not going to be wondering, oh my gosh, what is my dream job? What is my relationship? Like, what should I be doing in my life? What is my calling? What is my purpose? Your calling and your purpose is to serve. Servanthood is our calling, and we honor God in our serving. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily. You know, when I ask my kids to um, strip their bed of their sheets so that I can wash them, they're like, oh, they hate it because it's like a bunk bed, and you have to, like, pull it up, and it's super annoying. And I'm like, and they're like, oh. I'm like, do it with joy. Do it heartily. And then Kai, Kai will be like, okay, and I'll like the face, messed up face. But then, I, you know. I just say, do it with joy. Come on, let's serve with joy. Work 
hard. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Another version says, whatever you do, do your best to invest your talents in the name of the Lord. Where are you investing your talent? Are you wondering what you're anointed to do? Are you wondering what you're appointed to do? Are you wondering what your calling is? Serve the house of God. Serve your family. Serve the places that you are called to influence and lead. That's what you're called to. Something powerful happens when gifting, anointing, and calling comes together. And I believe that miracles like this, like this, like this community, miracles like this take place when gifting, anointing, and calling come together. It says this in John 1, 16 and 17, and it's in the Passion Translation, just Just listen to me here. It says, and now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. And from him, we receive grace heaped upon more grace. Grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. We receive grace upon grace, and his fullness takes place. When it says that, and now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. You know, God is most glorified through his church when we reveal who he is. And we're not going to reveal who he is if we withhold what he's given us. And that's our talents and that's our grind. And so God has called us to work hard, work heartily for the Lord so that we don't just walk in this grace and like, oh, yes, life is good. No, we walk in grit and grace, an empowered grace that gives us the ability to do the impossible. Only through the grace of God, were we able to do the impossible? Were we able to do the impossible? So let's work it out with grit and grace. Oh, also, I know you're going to follow me up on this. Grinding is not about achieving. Sometimes we have to recognize that it's not about achieving. It's just about receiving the grace that God has for us to do what he has called us to do. So don't make grinding about achieving. Make it about receiving God's grace to do what he's called us to do. Yeah, I think that within that, sometimes in grinding, working, what God does is he grinds away the stuff that shouldn't be in us. And we got to remember that in our grind, in our serving, that maybe it may not be comfortable and we may be out of our element and we may not love every minute of it. But maybe in that grinding, there's some grinding away of what needs to get out of us. That's why serving is so powerful. Because we get outside of ourselves and we look to others. We don't focus on what we need and we focus on what others need. And in that, there's a grinding away of what is wrong inside of us. And then we're refined the way God wants us to be. He, he, he prunes us. He changes us. He molds us. And finally, God dreams come outside the box everybody say the box I want to tell you guys pursue your dreams you know the 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 point of today was to encourage you those of you watching online those of you in the room was to encourage you that you would dream again that you would lay to the side the discouragement that we've all been too focused on and you would grab hold of the dreams that maybe you, you've put to the side, you've forgotten, you, you've, you've let die because God needs us to dream again. But hear me in this. We have to allow our dreams to be fluid. You see, we can be quick to define 
or nail down the exact details of our dreams. But being led by God means we walk in obedience in the midst of our dream. It means we walk step by step following what Jesus is calling us to follow in the middle of our dream. Because how many of you know that rarely does your dream end up looking the way you thought it was going to look? How many of you know this? In our journey, seven years ago, um, we started the process of planning this church. And I saw a picture, I don't know, it came up in my feed. And it was our first ever prayer meeting Bible study at our house. It was Christy and I and five other people. That was Project Church seven and a half years ago. Seven people. You know, the dream we had didn't look like this. In fact, it was about two and a half years ago, my brother sent me a building in Old Sacramento, said, dude, you should check this building out. It wasn't this one. It was one down the street. And I was like, bro, Old Sac? Heck no. That was literally what went through my head. Why? Because the dream often looks different than we think it will. And then we came into this building just a few weeks later, and I was like, oh my goodness, this has everything we need. And we have put offers in on seven, eight different buildings in downtown. And everyone ended in a no. And I was mad at God. I'm like, God, all these buildings. And it kept, it's, it's a no. We tried to lease. No. We tried to buy. No. It was just no after no after no. And I was mad at God. But let me tell you something. Every one of those buildings, there was always a but. Like, this will work, but this is an issue and this is an issue and this is an issue and then old sack which never even crossed my mind and we walked through this building and I was like Chrissy there's no but like this has literally everything we need we have to allow God dreams to sometimes look different than what we envision in our own self in our own natural flesh Chrissy and I wanted to encourage you guys today to dream again, to believe again, to hope again, to prophesy again, to release what God has put in you again. We've been holed up, locked up, focusing on all the discouragement. Listen, in the coming weeks, you're going to have a lot of temptation to be discouraged. I'm telling you, you're on social media, discouragement. You watch the news, discouragement. Your, your person that you think should win, doesn't win, discouragement. I want to tell you, our God stands outside of any man-made government. It doesn't matter who ends up being president of this country. God is still in charge. He's still in control. I'm not saying don't engage. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm not saying don't do your part. But I am saying this. It doesn't matter at the end of the day because we serve a God that overcomes this world. We are in this world. We're not of this world. And so we walk encouraged when those around us would be discouraged. In two weeks, three weeks, there's going to be a lot of people weeping because they didn't win. There's going to be a lot of people discouraged because their person didn't win. I want to tell you, as the church, as the body of Christ, you can have a moment of discouragement. You're a human being if that happens for you. But I want you to take that captive and say, you know what? It doesn't matter. I stand outside of this kingdom. I'm a part of a heavenly kingdom. I'm here for a different purpose. I'm here to love, 
I'm here to serve. I'm here to spread the hope and the truth of Jesus Christ in this world. So Chrissy and I, we want to tell you what we dream of for this church. We dream of a church that looks like heaven. All races, all ages, all backgrounds, and all demographics. We dream of a church that serves the homeless and the poor. We dream of a church that plants churches all around the Sacramento area. We dream of a church that carries honor. We dream of a church of creativity in the arts. We dream of a church that is spirit-filled and spirit-empowered. We dream of a church of worshipers. We dream of a church of prayer warriors. We dream of a church that sends people to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We dream of a church that is committed to bringing heaven to earth. We dream of a church that declares in Sacramento as it is in heaven. We, did, we dream of a church that transforms the landscape of a city, carrying a biblical worldview wherever it goes. We dream of a church that loves, no strings attached. We dream of a church where all are welcome and it's okay to be a work in progress. We dream of a church that declares that Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the life and the only way to the Father. And we dream of a church where we lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. The time to dream is now. I believe that God is releasing something here in, in downtown Sacramento. There hasn't been a church here in Old Sac in a hundred years, and we're going to take new territory, and we're going to see lives resurrected. We're going to see people change. We're going to see hearts transformed. But I also believe today in this place, God wanted to remind you to dream. He wanted to remind you to believe. He wanted to remind you to have hope. He wanted to remind you that you have a call. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You're not here by accident. God wants to do something through your life. So may we let go of discouragement right now, church. Some of you need to just open your hands. Come on, open your hands. Let go of discouragement right now. Let go of discouragement. God, right now we let go of discouragement. We lay down defeat. We lay down negativity. We lay down cynicism. And God, we grab hold. Now grab hold of hope. Grab hold of dreams. Grab hold of belief. We grab hold of that which you want to place inside of us. Because we believe that the best is yet to come. Okay, if you're in this place, would you raise your hand if you are that individual where you feel like your dreams have been lost? Eyes closed, arms raised, if that's you, and you feel like God is stirring up dreams in you, or you're thinking about all the discouragements, all the disappointments that have made you think that these dreams were lost, have given you even the inability to dream again, would you raise your hand because you want God to reveal that to you and pour back into you. Come on, I see hands raised all over this place. For every single person whose hands are raised, God, we ask that you would just break something in them, that you would give them breakthrough in this moment. God, that they would, in this time, have the power of your Holy Spirit released on them, to release the stronghold of dead dreams, to release the stronghold of it will never be, to release the stronghold of you can never do it, to release the stronghold that I'm not good enough, to release any stronghold. God, we ask that you would break that in Jesus' name, and I ask right now that your spirit would be poured out on them, that your spirit would fill them, would, would bring out what you have placed in them already. So right now, he's, he's allowing the spirit in you to bring those dreams to fruition. They're coming back to your heart. They're coming back to your mind. Receive it in Jesus' name. God, pour out your spirit in this place. Encourage hearts. New hope. No more despair. Hope in Jesus' name. Fill them. Fill them. Hey, with heads bowed, eyes closed, 
And for everyone online, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're in this room or you're online, you have not surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ. You've been full of discouragement because you've been trying to walk through this life on your own, in your own strength, your own power. I want to tell you right now, the best decision you could ever make is to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, take the reins take the wheel of my life so if you're in this room you've been running from God you've turned your back on God maybe you haven't surrendered wholeheartedly to God maybe you need to come back to him maybe for the first time ever you need to say Jesus I commit myself to you heads are bowed eyes are closed if that's you in this room you need to give your life for the first time rededicate your life I want you to lift your hand right now go ahead if you're in this room put your hand up yes thank you yes thank you yes thank you hands going up in the room come on church make some noise best decision you could ever make if you're online and you raised your hand behind that screen I want you to pray this prayer after me everyone in the room everyone online repeat this after me say Jesus forgive me of my sin I'm not perfect but I'm thankful that you are that you're the perfect one and today I confess my sin I receive you as my Savior I believe that you died but you rose again and you sit enthroned at the right hand of the Father. I love you, Jesus, and I pray for strength to serve you today in your name. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet, church. Let's give God some praise. We're going to sing this song as a declaration in this room of who our God is, that we will dream again, that we will believe again, we'll let go of discouragement and grab hold of hope. Come on, lift your voices with us before this we word encourage you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.